everybody uh, maybe you can turn the music down a little bit i got you thank you uh welcome on back uh this is episode 50 of around the wire uh the half century mark and you might be wondering if you're listening uh why are you hearing my voice instead of steve's right now but uh he's a little just a touch under the weather don't worry nothing too uh nothing too serious it's just a little, little flu i guess he did test positive or negative sorry didn't want to <laughs> already screwing me up <laughs> he did test negative for covid so uh just a little, little flu-like symptoms his voice is hurting a little bit so i'm gonna i'm gonna fill in uh be his relief pitcher today i'm coming in bringing the righty um but we thanks steve for for still being here with us today to talk some sports as much as you feel comfortable today uh and then chad as always uh i guess not as always because he wasn't here last week but uh, most of the time, 99% of the time, Chad's here. So uh, how are you doing, Chad? You know, I'm doing great. Got finals this week, last week of school. Um, hope you all are doing well, other than the variables, outside variables, finals-wise, school-wise. Hope you guys are both doing well. I'd also variables like to, and uh, variants. I'd also like to clarify that, number one, I am negative for COVID, even though Justin was throwing some fake news out there already. Uh, uh, there's never a time to be uncomfortable when talking about sports. So I may sound like shit, but let me tell you something. Sports is always rocking each week. So let's get into it, Justin. All right. And with that, let's get right into it. Um, so for the NFL wise, we had a, a slate of games last week that uh, we'll just kind of go through. Um, yeah. The Cowboys and the Saints last Thursday, uh, no Trevor Simeon and the, the Saints decided to go with Taysom Hill, which was interesting to say the least. Um, didn't work out in their favor. The Cowboys won that game, uh, and Taysom Hill threw four picks. Um, and then going to the Sunday games, you got uh, Brady and the Bucks handled business down in Atlanta. I think uh, he might be the clear-cut favorite right now for the MVP. Uh, the way he's slinging the rock around, he's at uh, 3,700 yards. Steve, you're shaking your head. Are you saying that because you don't think he's the MVP, or are you saying that's crazy because he's 44 years old? You know his MVP. You know damn well it's Jonathan Taylor in my view. All right, well, we'll have to disagree on that for now, I guess. Uh, seeing as one team might not even make the playoffs with the supposed MVP, I understand he's a running back. He can't do everything, but um, – He's, he's sure a, a damn good player, but for me right now, it's Tom Brady. Um, and then another one in the running is uh, Arizona Cardinals took down the bears uh, pretty handedly. They're, they're moving to 10 and two um, number two in the power rankings right now are the Cardinals. You got the chargers. They whooped on the Bengals who are very rocky up and down team. Um, Browns still got to play them again at the end of the year. We don't, we don't really know where the Bengals are, really. Um, and then the next one, uh, the Vikings played, decided to play prevent defense from the 15-yard line. Had uh, Cam Dantzler and the boys defending the back of the end zone on a, a play with one second left and allowed the Jerry Goff and the MCDC Lions come in and get their first win. Uh, good for them, right? That was uh, against your boy. Uh, my boy who went 30 for 40, 340, 
and two tuds. Yeah, they I, did. I, uh, but you know who I played them? Lost to one of the worst teams in NFL history. You know who I played them though? I'm gonna I'm gonna say I played them. The man also, who also threw for fifty something yards against the Steelers, Jared Goff. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, whatever you say, they did put up twenty points in the second quarter, uh, which they scored less than. 10, I believe, the last few weeks or less than 13, something like that. They're an, an all-time bad offense, but uh, good for them. Big divisional win. And then you've got the Dolphins, who are red hot right now. I believe that's that's five straight. Yeah. Uh, take down the Giants. Giants stink. Not too worried about that, but good for good for the Dolphins to keep it going. Tua's getting some momentum. People are trying to – are starting to finally respect him a little bit, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles went into New York and uh, took down the Jets with behind uh, Minshew mania. That's uh, sparking up again. I'm here in conversations. He should be starting over Jalen. The Browns should go after him. Screw Baker. Uh, there's this guy named Gardner Minshew. I, I saw uh, Baker thinks is that he like he wants to be Gardner Minshew with his style and how he plays and things like that. Ridiculous. I mean, good for him. He shared a really good moment with his dad after that win. He played really well in that game. He seems like an awesome guy, but um, I think this is his role. He's kind of like the Nick Foles in this. He kind of just brings a spark wherever he's at and uh, whenever he comes in the game. So uh, next game, Steve's MVP pick so far, 32 carries, 143 yards, two touchdowns against uh, the second-worst team in the league. Congrats. Uh, Colts win 31-0 against the Texans. Sorry, who, who, who did Tom Brady play this week? The Falcons, who are a lot better than the Texans. Falcons are still in playoff contention. And they shouldn't be. I agree Tex- with you, Steve. They're the bad. Texans are the only team in the NFL that are out of playoff contention mathematically right now. They're the only one with the E next to the name. So. Yeah, the Lions are still in it. Honestly, they could. <laughs> what if they rattle off five straight right now? That'd be something for the history books. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how that would work, though. I think uh, everybody else would have to lose every game, like literally everybody. So uh, next one, you got the Washington football team beat the Raiders. Um, didn't watch any of this game. It's kind of interesting what happened, though. Washington's, I mean, they're right back in it. That whole There's that whole thing where uh, I guess the Cowboys are the leaders in, in that division, but everybody else is still kind of there. Uh, there's some teams fighting at, at six wins, five wins. They're still looking for playoff seeds and everything. So. Um, Rams, it's kind of a, a get back game. The Rams, uh, destroy the Jags 37 to seven Stafford, uh, after coming back from a few weeks where he's looked like, it's not my words, but some people called him Matthew Gofford after that whole trade and everything, which is, I think a little, little blasphemous. Um, so there's that. And then what about, uh, what about, uh, Trevor? Oh, give me the stats. Didn't, didn't know if I was going to include that since I don't have a narrative to push in that whole thing. But uh, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, not his best game, 16 for 28, 145, zero touchdowns, zero picks, quarterback rating of 29. Uh, yikes. <laughs> didn't yeah. turn the ball over, though. Uh-huh. Yep, good job. All right, you win that one against – all right, he played a, a really good Rams defense. How about that? I think every defense in the NFL is probably pretty good. They're, uh, every defense is better so far than what Urban Meyer's got cooking up on offense. So there's that. 
Uh, you got the Steelers Ravens in Pittsburgh. I watched this game. Pittsburgh somehow pulled it off. They scored 17 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Lamar, he's, he's struggling a little bit. People, I mean, the Steelers did the, we're going to stack everybody in the box and make him throw. And sometimes it worked for the Ravens, sometimes it didn't. And then also there was that interesting call uh, to go for two at the end of the game to try to go for the win. What do you guys think about that? Would you, in that situation, away, um, just after scoring a touchdown, do you not want to take it to overtime in Pittsburgh? Or what would you guys have done in that situation? No, I. it was questionable. And I can see why, but I, I would do the same thing. Well, for two reasons. One, it was it's a divisional game, right? Um, you're going up and fighting against a team that's potentially might steal your number one seed. Um, you know, I think I think it shows a shows a message, first of all. You know, it's it's a statement in a way, and I, I know it didn't turn out right, but at the same time, you know, you're not sending a message that you're gonna lay down. Um, that might not be their full narrative on it. We know Harbaugh and, and Jackson. Um, have great chemistry and there's many questionable plays that turned out right. And I think that's who the Ravens are. You know, they're, they're, they'll, they'll go one way and give a hundred percent effort. And that's what I commend about that team. I, even though I don't like them and the Steelers are both like that. So I would have done the same thing. I would have went for it. Steve. Yeah, I, I would have done the same thing. You got to roll the dice. Got to trust the fact that you're uh, investing your, your trust into your, you know, your, your future star and a quarterback. Um, actually, really, that play was open. It just needs a better throw. So it's not like it was a bad scheme or a bad call at all. Just didn't get executed well enough. So, Right. And that uh, it comes, you know, a week or two after there was the uh, Alabama-Auburn game that went into overtime. And Auburn had a chance to go for two to try to win a game. And they didn't go for it and ended up losing. So maybe there's uh, something with that to go in that call. Um Nevertheless, Steelers win that game, are right back in it. Uh, Tomlin just finds a way to win games. They're such a fundamentally sound team. I hate the Steelers with everything, but they, they find ways to win games, and I got to respect what they do every year with – I mean, I don't think they have a great roster, especially with a quarterback who, who can't throw it anymore. Um, he's got all kinds of shoulder issues, wrist issues, um, but they're still there, so – uh, then you got the Seahawks next pick up a big divisional win against the 49ers, but who cares? I mean, they're four and eight. They're not, they're not winning anything this year. They're probably not going to the playoffs. Is Russ and Pete Carroll gone after this year? Chad? I have no idea. I mean, it's an off year, right? Um, I, I felt like, I think Pete Carroll has a better chance of being out of Seattle than Russell Wilson does. Um no, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are gone. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a it was a big win, but you know, they say you say they're four and eight, but it's a hurt against San Francisco. Um, definitely lowering their chances. And like I said, I always thought San Francisco had the right pieces and the talent on, on the roster, just they're never ever healthy. Um, they got players on the team, but they haven't been the same since that good old Super Bowl run where their defense carried them. So, yeah. And uh, also they lost Jamal Adams for the rest of the year. Um, Steve, what's, what's the future looking like for the Seahawks? Well, if they don't make the playoffs, I could see a, a rebuild starting and you can try and trade Russell Wilson now while he still has a shit ton of value. Um, probably bringing a young guy. 
and uh, try and start fresh, you know, and kind of do kind of what the Lions or the Texans are doing and just kind of build around the fact that you have guys like DK Metcalf and, you know, Tyler Lockett. Maybe, maybe Russ stays there. I don't know. But it just feels like there, there's there's this edge that Seattle's always had that's kind of wore off. And uh, if they don't make it to the NFC playoffs this year, when you have a lot of teams in the wild card that are going to be looking at, you know, 500 range records, they can't get in during that. Even though they're in a tough uh, division, I just don't think that's going to be seen well in the eyes of Seattle Seahawks, man. You're right. And uh, the Seahawks, they have some kind of, streak right now with nine plus wins that looks to be in major jeopardy um but i could definitely see them i can see russ moving on i could see p carroll he's uh he's getting up there in age i think him and belichick are the same age so uh, i don't think he would want to go through a, a rebuild they could maybe um do some cap gymnastics try to figure out a way to do what the patriots just did where they kind of have one down year and then they go right back to it uh, and speaking of which, we'll get to that game in, in just a second with the Patriots and the Bills. But um, Sunday, I guess this was a Sunday night game. I didn't watch it. But the Chiefs-Broncos, the Chiefs look to be uh, – they're not completely back on offense, but enough to beat the Broncos who are, I mean, inconsistent, but they've been able to, to win some big games. So, um, yeah, Chiefs back to the divisional lead with uh, the Chargers closely behind and the Raiders. And then there was the Monday night game. This one I watched. I had uh, some stake in it because of fantasy football. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. That was interesting what happened in that game due to some of the weather that was going on. So and before I get to this game, did do you, either of you guys have any takes or thoughts on any of the aforementioned games before? No, I didn't watch much football this week. The team that I actually do watch was on a bye, but. No. And that being the Panthers, right? Correct. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Cam Cam didn't play, so I can't make fun of him this week. Did you hear us dogging on him last week? I listened to it. All bogus. (laughs) Well, when you go one one, one, one one bad game, game, right? One bad game out of two games. Yeah. Who are we going to – one's – I mean, Baker's – Baker. Don't look at me. Look at your boy Justin there, because I've been critical of Baker. Right, and right, rightfully so. But I mean, judging a man off one game, I think is 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 blasphemous in the in the words of Stephen A. Smith. It was a, it was a bad game. Don't get me wrong. And it was against a really good defense. Um, they coming back after not playing for almost a year. It's 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 tough. This would next week. I think they'll bounce back though. Losing McCaffrey's tough, of course. Uh, I think both of our teams are going to bounce back coming out of a bye week. Yeah, let's hope. Confident. I tell you, a team that's not going to bounce back, goddamn Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. They should be absolutely ashamed. Nothing against Detroit, but that team shouldn't be winning a game this year. Uh, the fact that especially Kirk against had, a especially against a team like Minnesota, right. who's shown they can compete. If it was Houston or the Jets. Okay. But the fact that it was the Vikings who have talent on offense, but it's been a tough couple of weeks for Kirk Cousins. What he's are you his, talking about? He's shoving his hands up the wrong lineman's ass, cost them a timeout and a fourth down conversion, which leads leads to a loss to the 49ers. And then they lose to the only winless team in the NFL. That's just a tough couple of weeks. Hold on, hold on. Let's just uh let's stop this slander real quick. Let's look at this. Okay. So the last few games, 
He's not talking got, stats, Justin. He's talking in-game play. No, I'm I'm not even going to talk about Kirk Cousins. I'm going to say this. The Detroit Lions, the last few games, have put up six against the Eagles, 16 against the Steelers, 10 against the Browns, 14 against the Bears. So, to me, I'm, I'm pointing fingers, if I'm the Vikings fans, at the defense who gave up 29 points to a team that has no business putting up 29 points with Jerry Goff back there who threw an interception with his dick earlier this season and a running game that's been hampered and no O-line and no receivers. They have Kaderil Hodge, who, I mean, I'm a fan of, but he's like their number two receiver, which should not say Brown, who's a dog. He, I'm, he, there might be a future with him there. I like him. And then, uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing else on that offense to do anything. So no, I I, really, I, what about the Hawk? I do like Hawkinson too. Uh, I was kind well, of I agree. I agree that their defense should be at blame for this game. Though we all know that Minnesota's offense is much, much, much more superior than to their def- defense. And that's where the, the, the blame – I'm not saying Kirk Cousins had a bad game because he didn't. But that's where the blame lies, right? It lies against your strong suit when you lose a game. So you lose a game, okay, well, let, let, let's critique the, the side of the ball that we're really good at because that they should have played better. All right. And then also like in crunch time, like I was talking about earlier, I mean, that's just a scheme issue. What are you doing trying to play prevent defense? If you blitz the guy, none of these receivers are good enough to get separation. That's what we're starting to see with uh, the Browns. That's what the Ravens did to us. So that's just my point about. I agree. You got to know who you're playing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's not just by record wise. You got to know the weapons or, or the players that you're playing in game plan and game scheme against it. I, I didn't watch the game, but what you're sounding, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's lying on the on both sides. So, I'd also right. like to throw out that they also played each other earlier in the year, and it took a game-winning field goal from 52 yards from Greg Joseph to win to beat the Lions. So, just FYI. I mean, I'm sorry, Steve. What did it take for the Ravens to beat them? I'm not a huge fan of the Ravens either. I mean, the Browns. It took them just bad weather and the fact that they had to play fucking what's his name uh tim boyle tv 12 tv 12 in order to beat the lions if jared Goff plays in that game the lions probably beat the browns and that's why the browns been one of the most disappointing teams in the league so tv 12 no way you just the vikings and browns are are eerily similar in terms of their seasons they are they are they are very similar they're very similar teams you might be right and i remember chad told us it was very early in the season. Who's the most overrated team in the NFL? He said the Browns. We got on his case, and as usual, Chad's right after some time has passed. So, I mean, I think that we're kind of in that same boat. Uh, running team, obviously the scheme, the scheme is similar because Stefanski came from there. Uh, running team that uses zone runs and tight ends and things like that, and then um, has a, a quarterback who's got some question marks, I guess. That's the, the nice way to put it. I'm sold on both of them, Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield, but some people aren't, and I, I understand that. So um, with that, let's move on to the Monday night game. This was a slugfest. Um, there was basically 55-mile-an-hour wins, and it depended on which side of the field, whether you were going to throw the ball or not the whole game, which is insane. Um, first, I guess before that, a, a talking point that's came up, should we put domes over all 32 fields? No. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, that's that's kind of the – it's the tradition of 
football and things like that. And if you're going to do that, when you get the highest level of football, you're going to put domes on everything. What about all the kids that are going to play high school and everything down the line? Are you well, going to put domes getting, on all their? It's getting to the point where that's the issue with turf or artificial turf is that, you know, we see a majority of these NFL teams getting turf fields, but there's a point where these college college and high school teams are all going to have turf. And I'm not saying turf is a bad thing for play wise. Players may like turf more than art or more than grass though. When it comes to financially, like there was an issue with, I mean, I'm not to go, go on a tangent, but there was an issue in Cleveland recent, not recently, but I would say a couple of years back where Jimmy Haslam donated or gifted uh, high schools around Cleveland turf fields. And these, these high schools, you know, weren't financially stable at all. And the issue with turf is the next three to five years after it deteriorates, it's not playable like, like regular grass. Um, and then these, you know, these, these schools are left with fields that can't be used for anything, soccer, football, or anything like that. But I think we'll see a shift. I don't, I think domes might be a long, long, like ways in the future, but we're already seeing a, sh- a shift in, you know, in, in, playing field yep um yeah and a lot of the stadiums in the nfl you would have to completely build a new one right you can't just like put a roof on some of these the structure is not there for that so or it can be like the rams right who have a dome but just it's the most non-usable dome like they had a can't uh, postpone or can't uh postpone a game because of rain though they're in a dome makes sense right yeah, if you like it, you should have put a roof on it. <laughs> nice, <true>. nice, Steve. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Patriots Bills in that it was like a snow globe in there, um, and the Patriots. I don't know when they knew the weather was going to be so bad. I mean, maybe Saturday, Sunday, um, for the Monday night game. They just, I'm, I'm wondering how quickly in advance they knew about this to basically change their whole game plan to. We're gonna run the ball every play, and we're gonna shove it down your throats, and we're gonna we're gonna do this well, and we're gonna run for two hundred and some yards, um, and that's exactly what they did. They didn't kick an extra point. They like they kicked a couple field goals when they did have the wind, um, and it was it was enough for them because Josh Allen and the Bills, they're they're a good team with a lot of good. I mean, Josh Allen's a, a great passer, and they've got weapons on the outside, but they've really struggled with the running game over their, their rise to uh, where they're at right now. Um, so what did you guys think about it? Did you watch this game, Chad? I did not. I saw, you know, the weather conditions that you went over, but no, I, I didn't watch it. Um, but Mac Jones, man, were you right about him? Right. You were high. On, no, you were wrong. You were low on him. Right. Justin coming out of the draft. I mean, in overall this season, I was wrong so far. I mean, this game didn't show me anything. He threw the ball three times. He completed twice. But, I mean, over the course of this year, he's he has been really good. And uh, the more I think about it, I just think we kind of judged him the same way people judge Tom Brady, where he just doesn't look like an athlete. His college film wasn't great, so mm-hmm. he kind of got overlooked a little bit. Um, he was slated to be the number three pick to San Francisco. He fell to – a perfect situation, I think, because so far I think we're starting to see that um, he is kind of that his best weapon is his mind. He's not a completely doesn't have a laser rocket arm, doesn't have speed, but 
man, he can he can throw a ball. His his accuracy is a lot better than I thought, and he is he's throwing anticipatory throws, which is rare for a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got he's got the skills for sure. Steve, did you watch that game Monday? No, I was beginning my uh, physical decline, and I went to bed kind of early on Monday. So before did I get eight. A to watch. Uh, no, I went hey, to bed I, at about I, nine. So I don't blame you though. I sleep early too, or go to bed early too. Did see highlights. Saw how Sean McDermott doesn't think Bill Belichick plays an effect in the game. You know, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, the dude—he's the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, I and mean, I think he somewhat proved it just with this game. Let's, you know, this is the game plan. After the third snap, you know what we're going to do the whole game, and we're still going to do it, and it's going to work. And he didn't need to put up a whole lot of points. His defense was incredible. Um, I don't know. I think that that was like uh, maybe not one of his best games, but it's certainly one of the ones that you think about, I guess, which it kind of shows his his expertise in coaching, I think. So, and then, like I said, this game did have some fantasy football implications for me. Uh, I went into this game down five points and having Cole Beasley and – uh, Tyler Bass from the Bills. Beasley had one catch for 11 yards. Uh, and then Bass, he made an extra point and then a field goal. So I was up. I do have the screenshots somewhere. I'm looking I'm going to look at it right now. I have it. Did you um, lose? Yeah. So Beasley, one catch for 11 yards, 2.1 points. And then Bass, uh, like I said, made an extra point and a field goal. So at one point I was at... 108.72 uh and my opponent was at 107.82 but then Tyler Bass into that wind missed a field goal his shortest miss ever of his career so far it was 33 yards so that brought me down to 102.72 to 102.82 i lost by 0.1 <laughs> um and now this is this is becoming a history of uh some fantasy football heartbreaks we all remember last year when uh, Doug Peterson put old old buddy Nate Sudfeld into the game at the, at the end of the game last year to uh, take away points from my defense, who he was playing against because he he completed a pass. Um, so crazy stuff. I can't believe. I mean, in this league, luckily I'm still eight and five despite this loss. I'm still going to the playoffs. I'm still number one on my side. But uh, the, my opponent, who I played against this past week, is challenging for the title, and I really had a chance to beat him. <clears throat> since he had Adam Thielen and he was out after the, the first snap of that game. You're uh, the good old opposite in the other league. Your team is – I'm looking at your team right now. Your starting lineup right now, your team is trash, bro. I mean, a little bit. I don't know how, injury I don't know how issues. you're 5-8. and eight. I don't know how you're 5-8, and eight, man. I don't know. I kind of had a little run there. I started off like 0-4 and, and then like 1-5 one and, one and five or something, and then I started – Building back a little bit. I'm playing but, a good old Steve's team this week. The 12 and one Cleveland Steamers is a big, big game for me. <laughs> yeah, this is, is. This is a tough one this week. Yeah, you know, uh, I've been. Uh, you know, I'm proud of my team. You know, we we've gone through some injuries this year. Clyde Edwards-Helaire went down early in the season. Then Nick Chubb went through his midseason rut where he had the calf and COVID, and now Michael Carter's struggling to get back. Uh, but the wide receivers have hold it down. Keenan Allen, who might be out this week, so I'm, I'm screwed there. But luckily, I've got Jamar Chase and Tyler Lockett holding it down. And Flexford's going to have to roll the dice this week. But uh, proud of my team. We've had a hell of a season, one of my best of all time. I think it's my best season ever. 
as a fantasy football manager. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to build it. This isn't just a one season wonder. We're looking to build a dynasty here at team Iwanek and, and, you know, With we're, different we're, players. That's not yeah, what no matter. Is. See, we're, we're looking to be like the bill Belichick, you know, does every season, how are we going to get better from the last season? You know, even though we're going to take home a championship. So, you know, Okay, so you're comparing yourself to Bill Belichick in this situation. This season, I've been the Bill Belichick because I, I, I'm the master of the mid-round, right? The first-round picks sometimes don't always work out, but I'm not one of those blatant fools who drafts Christian McCaffrey number one overall. Okay, and, all right. Know, <laughs> uh, understands that he gets hurt for 12 of the 16 regular season games and he can only play a quarter of the season. You know, and I'm not willing to invest that number one pick in a guy like that. I'd rather go after a guy like Derrick Henry, who this is the first season he's been hurt. But ever since then, he's been consistent and healthy. Um, but, you know, just different interpretations of how you, you know, you draft a football team and it shows in the records right now. So, you know. Just... All right, whatever you say. I mean, I will – I'll give credit where credit's due. It's risky taking a rookie receiver, but Jamar Chase has certainly paid off for you. And then Tom Brady, Mr. I mean, he's consistent every year. So, um, and then you got some, you got some guys. I'll give you that. But that's for the big round, baby. Big week for Chad. He's got Minshew starting right now. He's probably going to change that since they're on a bye. He's also got Jalen Hurts and Cam Newton. So uh, let's let's see what let's see what Chad does at quarterback this week. I'm good. Hey, Cammy, like Cammy boy, Cammy boy, big start tonight or uh, this week. You're starting him. <laughs> yeah, he's going against Atlanta. You're really, you're really going to start him? Boy, you're going to have two bad games in a row. Steve's what, eating a W right now? Is who, who, else am I gonna, who else am I going to start? Simeon? I mean, let's let's just quickly I take a look Jared here. I think Jared Goff might be available. Here's here's a list of available quarterbacks that I, would, that I would start over Cam Newton this week. Taylor Heineke, number the Vikings. one. Taylor Heineke. Justin Fields, number two. I'd even take Zach Wilson. Stop it. Trevor who's Lawrence. Heineke? Who's Heineke playing? Dallas. My third oh, the team. The team that had four interceptions on Taysom Hill last week. Taysom Hill's not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's got he trying to be a quarterback. He's playing quarterback. He's who? He's, uh, the, white, he's the white Lamar. That's what they were saying. Oh, Fields, Fields, Fields. Justin Fields. Who's he playing? Uh, Green Bay. Once again, a good defense. Who's right. the third guy? I mean, I said Zach Wilson against New Orleans. That's favorable. I'll also, still take. I'll still take Cam against Atlanta, bro. Right. Baker available? He is not. Definitely. Somebody, somebody oh. has had Baker all year long. Why? Just to ride the pine? I know who has him. I think I know too. But uh, Big Ben's available. He's playing. No, I don't have him. Who do you think I am? <laughs> Big Ben? Yeah, Big Ben. Who's he playing? Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, Terrible defense. They just lost to the Lions. You guys want to drag on them so bad. So let's see one of you start Big Ben against them. I don't need to. I have to go. So so do I, but he's hurt right now. So I have the second, <laughs> so I have the second goat. I mean, uh, elsewhere, there's Mike Glennon. <laughs> I'll go at that point. I'll go with Cam. Let's throw with Daniel Jones. Neck. Next he, plays, he plays, and he plays for the Giants. And he's bad. Not a good football player. <laughs> So, anyway, unless you guys have anything else, that's it for the NFL. Um, and we'll move on to college football. If the Browns lose this week, season's over. All right. Season's, I think season. I think season's, season's over already, already over. I was going to say, season's already over. It's not. That wild card's too close. But if they lose, no, nah, it's over. And might it's as well over. just get into this real quick. I mean, we had a week off. 
we're playing against the same team that we just played against. If we don't make any coaching changes and scheme changes, like, I mean, not coaching changes as in hiring and firing, but like actual changes on the field. Uh, I don't know what they've been doing this whole time because uh, I mean, they're kind of forced into it now because Njoku's out with COVID and uh, some other guys are out. We only have, I think two tight ends available Hooper and Johnny Stanton who's a fullback that can play tight end. So uh, let's not run out there with three tight ends and run the ball to the same side every time and go for two yards and then keep doing it over and over again, the whole game and then be second and 12 and then have, five wide receivers and everybody knows Baker's throwing and he's hurt. So let's, let's not see that on the first drive and the second drive and, and subsequent drives. So uh, please, please, please change the scheme a little bit. You have two great running backs. Let's see them on the field at the same time. That's something that's been asked of uh, the entire year. Like put them on either sides of Baker, put them in a wishbone, put them in a, an eye with Chubb at the fullback and hone at the running back, something like that. I, I want to see something like that. I don't know about you guys. Well, let's just ask. Shot at quarterback. I was going to say. All right. I mean, I wouldn't take it that far. He's the best player in the how team. About we play, how about we play Case Keenum this week? How, you know what? How about we play Jarvis at quarterback? We see how, how well that works, you know? He's got to have Odell. Yeah, that's true. Or Richard Higgins, but yet Higgins just cannot – Three different coaches now. He's been sad at practice. Can't even play in a week because just inactive. Not yeah, hurt. Not COVID. Just inactive. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, we talked about this a little bit last week with the weapons and I think lack thereof. Looking at, at what's going on this season, our best receiver has been a tight end yardage wise. And then, like you said, Higgins, this is the third coach that's benched him. So obviously he's doing something wrong. Love the guy, but uh, I don't think it's working. We need to really reevaluate weapons um so anyway enough dragging on the browns we'll see what happens like steve says they're dead if they lose um you guys need to reevaluate everything i think you need to reevaluate uh your favorite team and who you're rooting for over there so you think our quarterback's bad just wait till cam Newton steps back on the field someday oh boy uh let's go into let's go into college football there's some coaching news, some changes. The last time Cam about. Newton was relevant was college. All right, Steve, we're moved on. You know, you're supposed to be sick and not not talking so much, not just <laughs> okay. interrupting me, you know. Okay, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's uh, who catches some, some heat for what he did. Uh, Chad, I, I mean, we didn't we didn't ask you because you weren't here last week. What did you see? All the the scenario surrounding Brian Kelly with his two a.m. texts and uh, and things like that. And how do you feel about that? If you're a player, how do you think about that? Give me a, you know, I, I haven't been following it. Give me a, the backstory of what happened. So uh, I remember what day of the week it was. I think it was just it was right after a game. I think it was like a Sunday night or something. He texted the team at two a.m. Hey. Uh, I know you're not supposed to hear this from me, from the media before you hear it from me, but by the way, I'm leaving. And then yeah, uh, I had this scheduled a 7 a.m. meeting uh, the next morning. And that he like stayed that. for they stayed for for like five minutes. Right, walked in there, said his his thing, walked, walked out, out less than five yeah. minutes, and then also uh, when he got down to LSU, put on a little Southern accent while he was while he was talking to everybody, talking about family down there. So no, I mean you feel as any human would feel and I think first one just betrayed man that's that's 
now that you now that you reminded me about that, I do remember hearing hearing it. And um, you know, as coaches, your your number one priority is the players, no matter what you think. Um, it's not winning. It's not this or that. It's, it's building a bond with them, and you know that's who you're with in college, especially that's who who you're with the majority of the time during the season. And to go out like that is just heart wrenching. Um, if the players liked them or not, you know, just understanding the situation and everything. It's I mean it's messed up. Um, I'm never gonna wish wrongdoing or bad. You know, I wish him best of luck at LSU, but you know. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a bad, bad look. It really is. Yeah. I mean, uh, cash is king at the end of the day. That's what we saw a little bit there. Uh, some other ones, the, uh, the Brent Venables move, uh, Steve's gotta be excited about this, uh, going from Clemson to, to the OU coach. We can finally hear about not just the defense, but now the whole team. Let me tell you something. Like you, know, you know, for the past few years, Oklahoma's not had a great defense. Now that Brad Venables is bringing that Brad Venables defense out to Oklahoma, now as head coach of Oklahoma, so it was Brad Venables is bringing that Brad Venables defense from Clemson when he was defensive coordinator of the Brad Venables defense out now to Oklahoma. Not only will he have a Brad Venables defense in Oklahoma, now he's going to even develop his own Brad Venables offense in Oklahoma, developing an entire Brad Venables football team, recruiting by Brad Venables himself. So I'm looking forward to seeing Brad Venables coaching the Brad Venables-led Oklahoma Sooners this coming season. Let's go Sooners, Boomer, Sooner, Revenables. Steve, I, I appreciate that. I mean, that's, that's uh, if you don't know, that's a take on how much in some of these nationally televised games that they just say Brett Venables defense over and over again. Um, now he's going to be leading a whole team. And I should have done more research. I know his son played for Clemson. I don't know if he's graduated or not, but he might be transferring over. He might be slinging the rock for the Sooners next year. I mean, uh, with, who else would Brent Venables put than in Brent Venables' own son, you know? Yeah. Little Brent. Little Brent Venables. I mean, maybe even uh, James Skalski or whatever, that, that seventh-year yeah. linebacker from Clemson. Maybe he'll hop on over to – He'll play a OU. decade of college football. Bring a little toughness, bring some concussions into the, the Big 12. Targeting. Yeah. Targeting, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's another one. And then this one's a, l- a little closer to home for me. Uh, Jim Moorhead from – he was the, uh, the Oregon Yo. OC. Yo. Now, what? Joe Moorhead. You don't what even know your fr- – you said Jim. You don't even know your coach's that's name. That's my bad. That's my Fake bad. Fan. That's... Fake fan. <laughs> anyway, he's the Akron coach now. Hey, I don't – he doesn't uh, – he doesn't deserve me to know his name yet until he wins some games. Wow. That's, uh, that's something uh, coaches don't do here at Akron. They just come and their their coaching career dies. So, except uh, Tom Arth, he he beat BG twice. Uh, he's only he only won three games in three years. That's not saying two, much. Two of them were were against BG though. So that's not that's saying something. much. That's not saying much. I think Akron but, uh, Holden would have a good chance against BG football. I mean, that might be true. They did they go on to the uh, state title? Open, yeah, I think they won. Yeah. So, uh, and actually, Akron was looking at their coach for the Akron job, which he probably wouldn't leave since they have a dynasty going on and uh, we're the laughing stock of the MAC. So, besides BG, they're probably below us still. Anyway, uh, now that now that we're done talking about coaching changes, let's talk about some of the games that happened. Um, Michigan destroyed Iowa. We thought that would be kind of a defensive gritty battle, strength on strength, running offense for Michigan versus a good defense for Iowa. Uh, that, that, that didn't happen. So they win the big 10 um, and we'll go on to the playoffs after a big win against Ohio state. They're kind of, they're kind of getting it on track. It 
hurts to say, but it say is it. what it is. What? I'm just going to say it. Michigan's going to win the national championship. All right. I would not say that. I wouldn't go that I'm far. I'm not saying that either. I'm say not going that far. I, I don't like to say it, but I think they're they're in position to win it. Well, I don't care if I say it or not, but I don't think they're going to win it. I really I, – I don't either, especially after some of the other teams we'll, we'll talk about here. Um, Bama, big upset. I remember saying this uh, towards the – I don't know if it was the beginning or the middle of the season. I was like, you know what? When they play in the championship game for the SEC, I think Georgia will beat them. This is finally a, a good off or a good defense Georgia team that can hold Alabama to some to less points, but uh, didn't happen. Big win for Bama. They might be the favorite to win it all. I know uh, I voted for them on our little poll. I think they're going to win it all. <clears throat> so do I. As much as it pains me, and as much as I I would pay boatloads of money to see Cincinnati beat Alabama. I would, it would make, it would make my life, but man, it's just, and that's probably the team you're going to get to next, man. That's just not, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and also I would pay a lot of money for any of these teams to be Michigan. If Michigan were to go to the final, I don't care if Alabama wins it for the 700th time or whatever. I, as long as Michigan doesn't win, that's cool with me. Uh, apparently Steve, Steve's a big Michigan fan now. Wants him to win no, it all. <laughs> no, that that's fake news. No, I'm I'm looking at it from an outside non-Ohio State bias perspective. You think Honestly, Michigan's the best team out of these four? I've I, I think I think a big role in, in the playoff is what you look like coming into it. How you play in November. Um, Alabama, to me, I know they had a big win in the SEC title, but um, they have been up and down. I think they're vulnerable. I don't think this is best the, the best Nick Saban team. Uh, I want to see Cincinnati win it because that'd just be an, say. that'd be an awesome story. Uh, Georgia, their 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 weakness was finally shown, uh, and I just don't think the SEC plays that great of football in November. Uh, and then you just look at Michigan. Ever since Michigan State, they've been kicking ass and taking names and beat the shit out of Ohio State, really, and beat the shit out of Iowa. They're on pace right now to uh, do some damage, and I think they're red hot, and this, this might be the year. If we're talking about kicking ass and taking names, let, let's talk about the only undefeated team in the college football playoff, the team that's been red hot since the start. Since last year. They should be, they should be favorites. All right. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. But. <laughs> uh, I seriously – I mean – Michigan's the most consistent all around. They got the defense with Hutchinson and Ajabo. Uh, their running game's fantastic. Their offensive line's the best out of the four. Uh, and Cade McNamara is obviously he's probably the worst out of the four, but he's serviceable for that offense. I just don't see a way where, because I do believe Alabama is going to make it to the national championship game. I don't see a way, I don't see any team that can keep up with the scoring of Alabama. I don't think Michigan can keep up with the scoring of Alabama. I think the only team that that's probably what we had said a shot, about Ohio State. That's what I'm saying. I think the only team that had a possibility to, to score with Alabama would have been Ohio State. I'm not saying Ohio State should have been in the top four because Michigan deserved the right, of course, um, and so did Alabama. But I think that would have been the only team out of the top six that could probably score hand-in-hand with Alabama. Well, I don't think Michigan – I mean – 
and I could be wrong. You could be right. You, you Michigan fans, Steve, you could be right. It doesn't matter if it's college football, NFL football, high school football. When it comes to winning titles, you got to be able to run the football and stop the run when you know a team's going to run the football, and that's what Michigan does uh, at a very high level. And as much as it pains me to say, that's just what it is from an outside perspective. And uh, Obviously, I want to see Jim Arbaugh throw his, his playbook and his glasses halfway across the stadium and you know, take his shirt off and show his flabby chest and whatnot, but uh, in frustration. But, um, you know, he just, I, they're, they're, as much as it pains me to say, that's just what they are. They're the best, most consistent team. All right. I'm going to act like you didn't say that one part of what you just yeah, said. Yeah, I didn't mean to say that. I, that came out wrong. I meant let's to say, it. like, making fun of oh. him for being kind of bad. But. Let's just keep it moving. Uh, so now you're fat shaming him. <laughs> Gotta throw some Buckeye. Hey, sports never gets that deep. Yeah, come on. come on. Tighten it up over there. Um, so Cincinnati, we're gonna see what, what they can do against Bama. Uh, guys like Sauce Gardner. He's a, I mean, he's a, he's probably, he's definitely a first round pick. Might be a top fifteen pick. We're gonna see what he can really do against the likes of uh, Jamison Williams, and then. Uh, Mechie and some other guys from Alabama. So, and then uh, we'll see if they can score with them. I don't know if they can. Ritter's a good quarterback. They've, they've ran the ball well. They ran the ball well against a, a good Houston team. Nothing to write home about, but um, yeah, we'll see. What this happens. is like, this is like the upset game. Like, there's a, I know it's, it might not happen, but there's a, a small percentage of me that's like, okay, like I can see this game and Cincinnati coming on winning. It just feels gonna, like that kind of game. It's going to go. It's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be an absolute ass kicking, or it's going to be a four quarter game. There Isn't is that no how every game goes. No, there's some games where like you're down by two touchdowns, and they just you can't get back up there. So it's kind of like in control in the fourth quarter. It's either going to be Alabama wins it by halftime, or Cincinnati is going to push them to the final drive. All right. So uh, Steve says either one team's going to win big, or one team's going to win small. This is earth-shattering news in the football world. Thanks for that. People know what I mean. <laughs> um, and Steve's a Michigan fan. Yep. And judging by some of the things you've said today, I don't always know what you mean. So, let's, <laughs> uh, also, let's, there's, there's some more big uh, championship games over the last weekend. Baylor beat uh, Oklahoma State. I watched this game. I watched all four quarters. It came down to, on the very last play, a fourth and goal from the one. And uh, – Oklahoma State quarter or running back dove for the pylon, but didn't quite get there. That's a crazy way to way to to lose a, <laughs> to lose a game. Um, oh yeah, keep making fun of me. You know this is kind of tough being a host. You know, yeah, I bet it <laughs> is. Trip over your words sometimes, but I mean, you wouldn't know. Um, also, Pitt took down Wake Forest. This was a good one. I didn't watch this game, but. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure all three of us saw the highlight of Kenny Pickett doing a fake slide. Oh, Chad, you need to see that. I might. No. I, might I did see it. Oh, okay. But I, the next question is, should it be legal? I, because now we're talking about, you know, now the defense has to give up because he looks like he's going to slide, so you can't hit him. So, I want to get your thoughts on that, Steve? What do you think? I apologize. My family sent me a message. Can you repeat the question? Uh, <laughs> Jeez, jeez! <laughs> Repeat the question, please. 
so we're talking about Kenny Heisman, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, right, yeah. He did he, he did the, the fake slide. Should that be legal? I don't see why not. Um, I mean, you're allowed to hurdle, and you potentially get yourself hurt. Not in high school. Or, college football because Kenny Pickett plays college football but um you know and that can also lead to penalties because when he jumps in the air anything could happen in terms of how you were going in to tackle him um a fake slide it's just you know it's just a creative move in football it's kind of like a, a basketball move you know with dribbling the basketball it's just a different way just running with a football you know so I how can you ban someone for trying to fake slide you know I guess we're gonna You're find banned. out you ban fake plays like fake punt runs and fake punt passes? No, no, because that because that doesn't bring into a situation where there's a potential targeting or late hit on the quarterback, things like that. Chad, and, I'm guessing you're on that, the opposite side, and that's why I'm on the opposite side. As as overprotected quarterbacks are in football now, that 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 has gotten to the point where you know the NFL is petty petty fouls um, for landing on the quarterback. I don't think that this should be ever be a legal move. Um, like Justin said, the defense is giving, you know, they have to give themselves up once they see the motion of the slide. Uh, Cause it could lead to one of two things. Roughing the passer can't happen because you're not, because you're over the line of scrimmage though targeting. And then overall just morals, you know, we all know quarterbacks are protected in, in, in football and laying a big hit on a quarterback is, is, is not a good, you know, reputation for you as a player um it's a it's an art of deception i guess i don't call it finesse or or a move that you know it's it's tough because at the end of the day you want to let them play and it's part of the game right um but at the same time i find it very unfair towards the defense um you know you're taught all of these rules to not go at the quarterback you know you see him slide you give yourself up um, you don't land on them. And, 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 and if you legalize that kind of move or let it slide, uh, what's it going to turn into? Because at the end of the day, if, if it wasn't a quarterback, he would get, he would have got laid out 100%. Um, and there probably would have been a targeting call to be honest with you. Uh, the way the play was, the, the, play, the way the play was rolling. What was he? I just, I'm ready. When, when you're done, I have a question. No, I'm done. Yeah, go ahead. What's the penalty? It's not a penalty. It's just a move that shouldn't be legal. Okay. So obviously if, okay, so let's say to tomorrow, tomorrow morning, Nancy comes out and says, you cannot fake slide. And then Kenny Pickett in his next game goes out and does a fake slide. What, what should be the repercussion? No, there should be no repercussion. There shouldn't, there should be no. Pe- why, there why are we talking about it? There should be no penalty for it. There should not be a flag be, be thrown if he fake slides. If he, if he attempts a fake slide, then the quarterback should be in play because here's the thing. Here's the thing is when you see him in the mode, that's why it makes it so tricky, right? What we're talking about right now, because if you're the coach of a quarter, if you're the, if you're the coach of a quarterback and you see your quarterback attempting to slide and a a defensive player comes and hits your quarterback, how do you feel? Obviously I'd be upset, but I also. If you're the linebackers coach and you see a man fake slide, and your defense gives up and doesn't hit him, and then he goes to score a touchdown like we did this oh. past weekend. How do you feel as a defensive I, coach? No, I, I obviously we'd be pissed. But I, I, my question is, is if you allow if you if you allow a fake slide move fake slide move to happen, 
and it happens. And I'm just using Kenny Pickett as my example. He gets hit in the head by a linebacker. Obviously, that linebacker targeting, he's ejected. But if you don't believe that the fake slide should be a legal move, then you need to have a penalty for it because there are elite. When you deem a, an action illegal in football, there is a penalty for it. It doesn't have then, to be literally. It can be a loss of down five yard. What? What? Are, it doesn't have to be a yardage penalty. It can just be a loss of down penally. That's what intention. I think, I think that, that. I think. Uh, let, I let, think it should be unsportsmanlike conduct. That that would be the penalty. I would probably put it in the category. Of, that's what I was asking because you, you can't just say. Uh, we don't like this play, you know. I don't like that they're they're doing fake slides, but I can't punish them. That that makes right. no sense. You got to I mean, either they, let it go they all did, the way, or you got to make it a penalty. And if it's a I, penalty, I'd like to know what that penalty would be. And that's I understand all. that. I understand. I understand that the NFL is completely different from the NBA, but that's what the NBA did this past season. They they didn't ban, though they stopped calling leaning fouls on jump shots, and they stopped calling hook fouls. That Harden right. does as right. offensive fouls. They so changed this, the rule and made it a so, penalty. So at this point, well, no, they made it a no call. It's not a penalty well, at all. That's they made pretty it much no like call. the hypothetical penalty for the. So offense. the hypothetical penalty in this case would be that he's a he's a free and open player. <laughs> but but yet in football today, the free and open player still is eligible to get targeted by a defender. Right. That's why I, a, see, I understand the quarterback. That's why, that's why it's a tri- that's why it's a tricky the, subject the, the because court- I don't I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can penalize a quarterback for unsportsmanlike conduct because is it a fake slide or is it not? It doesn't matter if you're a running back or a court. Like if you're in the open field of play, you otherwise as a quarterback, because if they start sliding, at least in the NFL, for sure, they're deemed down at the moment they start sliding, not when they finish, but at the moment where they start that slide, they're down by contact. Uh, but if I'm a running back or a quarterback and I'm, I'm making a physical run, like I'm trying to get a first down, I'm willing to absorb a tackle. I'm just a normal runner. The only difference with a quarterback is that they have more special rules in the pocket. You can't hit them in the head in the pocket. You can't slam them to the ground maliciously after the play, you know, at late after the throw or something. So they have special regulations in the pocket and they have a little extra way out if they slide as an open runner compared to, excuse me, compared to a wide receiver or running back, but you know, you know that. I, I don't know. I, I look mean, at it as it I look at it as taking runner. I look at it as it taking advantage of what position you are. What if a wide receiver did it? What if then just it for be, example then it like Solave made a fake slide? Then it wouldn't be a controversy. They don't have rules protecting I mean it's they don't have the they same don't. rules protecting. Yeah. They don't Which, to I mean to your point you said the thing about how in the NBA now the penalty for the offense is that they don't call it. They're not in the college football. They're not going to not call targeting and things like that. So that's why I think they need to make it a flag. So if that's, it's unsportsmanlike conduct, or even make up a new penalty, a legal a legal motion, they can call it an illegal motion. You know, I don't know. I just hope. You know, this is the first time I've seen this in a long, like ever, actually. And I hope it doesn't become a common occurrence because loopholes in the game like this. And I consider this a loophole, just like the NBA. Loopholes in the game ruin the game, in a sense. Um, as fun as it, as it may be, I don't want to see James Harden take 18 free throws a game. And now it's become detrimental to his career because he is a complete downgrade of a player that he was last year. Um, rule, I hate I, – I, I absolutely despise rule changes, though. I like to keep the game as traditional as possible. 
because you know that's why that's that's what people like that's why they watch the game so that's why you know the target or not targeting the roughing the passer rule is absolute an absolute joke in the NFL um but that's a whole different story I just hope it doesn't become a common common thing all right and with that by the way I think that's the uh the coolest like regardless of how I feel that was the coolest play I saw all week that's I mean it was it was just a good play for a picket there, but uh, segueing into, we're gonna keep talking about Kenny Pickett a little bit. Um, who this will be our, our Twitter poll question of the day? Who's gonna win the Heisman out of the four finalists? You've got obviously Bryce Young from Alabama, CJ Stroud, uh, Aiden Hutchinson made a, a resurgence uh, into the top four, and then Kenny Pickett, the man. Bryce Young, go ahead. Bryce Young. Because people are SEC bias. I mean, also, yeah, I think I, I agree. Uh, it probably will be, but I, I'm not sure about the SEC bias. I mean, it is a thing, obviously, but I think more so this year. It's just that he just won a big game against the number one team late in the season, and he's playing his best football now. So that's that's why. And then I'd also say that Stroud. Uh, probably won't win it this year, but I mean, I could see him being the favorite for next year. Yeah, Stroud was my pick the majority of the season. Um, then I was on still on the fence between Stroud and Young, or Stroud and Young. Um, so y'all just kind of convinced me. Um, I don't know if he's a better player, quarterback wise. Um, though definitely this year with the stipulations at hand, I think Bryce Young overall is the Heisman of this year. Fair enough. Uh, so I just tweeted that out. Got the four options there. Uh, didn't mention Hutchinson at all there. I mean, is it is it just because he's a defensive player? Is he not going to win it, or does he not deserve it? He's a great defensive player, um, but he also has help of David Ajaba, who doesn't get enough recognition, who has ten and a half sacks to go along with Hutchinson's thirteen. So, Michigan fan, he would not. <laughs> You know, I'm also in a region where there's a lot of Michigan people, and I hear a lot of Michigan reporting. So, unfortunately, I'm kind of subjected to listen to it. Yeah, that's how I am here. There's a lot of uh, people from Pittsburgh that go to Akron, and I get to hear yeah. all about the Steelers. But uh, I don't give them any credit. That's the difference between me and you. Also Buffalo, boys, Buffalo, Buffalo boys over here. Bill's Mafia, baby. All right. right. Mike yeah. Um, in other news, got the MLB on strike. Um, to be honest, I, I don't care about this Who right cares? now. It's, I, it, they changed our name. Not a yeah. Maybe it's okay. Just take a year off. Go figure out yourself. Get a new commission in there. You know, boring. <laughs> uh, I agree. Especially right now, it is it's prime football season. And then NBA season, and then Baseball's hockey season, anyway. and I, I don't it care is. about the I agree with right you, Steve. Baseball, Baseball, anyway. Baseball to me, is it's incredibly boring at this point. I used to be able to sit down and watch games all the time when I was playing baseball, but since then, uh, can't do it. It's, it's, it's too long. I don't know. There's too many games that don't matter. I'm not going to sit down and watch game 37 of the season against, I don't know, the Rays or something. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. In the middle Go of the year, Cleveland Guardians. Uh, if you're listening, I'm not. 
I will not reject tickets because going to baseball games is still my favorite thing to do. The well, insane second, second, concession second, price. Second favorite thing to do. First favorite thing is no doubt a Cavs game. Well, if the Guardians are watching, first of all, sell the team, Dolans. Uh, there's no reason for you guys to be owners. I was, I heard, I was listening to the radio the other day. They're talking about this on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, if you're uh, just someone who has multi-millions, hundreds of millions, why do you own a team if there's plenty of guys out there that are multi-billionaires that could just buy – Bezos could buy every team in the NFL however many times over. What is the point of owning a team if you can't put a good product on the field, especially in MLB where there's no salary cap and you can just put as much money as you want into it? Uh, you're seeing – we've seen that forever with the Yankees and Red Sox. You're seeing it now with the Texas Rangers who have committed now $560 million over the next 10 years to some of these players um, and their signings. So – I mean, what are you doing as an owner if you can't keep your guys? We see this endless cycle with smaller teams. Um, Moneyball made it popular. Teams like the A's, uh, the Royals, these lower market teams that don't have as much money, they find all this great talent by scouting. You get their first few good years with them, and then they reach that contract year and they go to a bigger team. That's, that's part of the reason why baseball is broken, and it's being pet- perpetuated by the owners here in Cleveland. Also, they have, they hired the worst visual graphic editing team in the history of art. Um, you know, I there are some fantastic artists in Cleveland, um, both on social media and probably just in person. Um, I guarantee you, I would bet my tuition that they could come up with a better record, or excuse, a better record. Excuse me thinking something else a better logo than the goddamn shit that we're supposed to put on our goddamn hats and jerseys for the next I think hour long. The, the design team was bad but overall mar- the oh. overall marketing marketing scheme was absolutely atrocious if we're looking into it if you're if you're on the verge of changing a team or having to change a team name the number one thing that you should do from a marketer standpoint what I would do would be change the color scheme not only because now here's the thing oh yeah you know we want to be I'm, I'm not saying from a fan's perspective i'm saying from a marketer's perspective if you want to make money you have to change the color scheme because who who's gonna buy this are you gonna buy this new gear steve no i will never in my life i i cross that's, my that's my, my heart that's that's Jesus, my point right now that's my point right now there's nobody that's good there's very limited amount of people that's gonna buy this new gear make it exciting somehow a new color scheme would have been great in Cleveland. A new logo would even would have been even better. I agree with you though. So I'm gonna wear Cleveland Indians gear because no, I support Cleveland. I support the respect and cultural appreciation of Native Americans. That's how it should be. It, 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 that's why I don't. That's get how my reason. If there are idiots out there who want to make fun of Native Americans and and just re- disregard them in any way, that's terrible. I'm going to respect the culture and understand that they are an important piece of the city of Cleveland, and I love the name. I'm willing to get rid of Chief Wahoo, even though I personally like the Chief, but I can understand how people today get offended, but they also get offended by everything. So, um, anyway. I agree with you, and, I, and I, it went, we went back a long, a long time ago in the podcast talking about the name change, and I was like, I don't get any of them because removing a name like the Indian's like the Redskins in a way is removing a, an act of 
of recognition to that to that group to the group of people um it's it's less and less recognition towards native native americans of any sort removing names like that um i don't look at it in a derogatory term or derogatory name whatsoever um but i mean couldn't we just go back to like the cursive i call the tribe i mean anything that's what that that was my first option i said cleveland Cleveland tribe. tribe Something like that. Yeah, Chad, have, a feather, have like a baseball with a feather or something. You know, I don't know what it'd be, but well, Yankee Doodle, feather in the cap. You know, uh, I'm with both you guys on that. And then Chad, definitely about the marketing. You're spot on. Uh, it looks exactly the same right now. It's just you, you changed what's on the you just the lettering on the jerseys and stuff. So it's like when uh, you turn a, a homework assignment, but your friend needs the answers, and they're like. Hey, change it up so nobody notices. So they just they just change a couple of things. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> exactly what it is. So it's it's damn near a replica of the of the old thing. The yeah. logos is 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 it's a replica of the C of the Black Sea, and we're still gonna have the Black Sea, which is the worst logo in MLB history. The Black Sea is worse. The Black Sea is worse than the Guardians logo. Wow, hot take right there. I think you at least the Guardians logo. Huh? You know what was unique? You want to know what was cool? What was special? I know what you're going to say. Fucking Chief Wahoo. <laughs> so Steve's voice is hurting. Not enough to... Uh, maybe you need to wash out your, your mouth with soap a little bit after. Hey, you kiss your mom with that mouth? Yeah, come on. It's running like a sailor. <laughs> Drink it. <laughs> Why don't you inject that? Anyway, let's keep moving. That's enough baseball. Baseball stinks. Might not play this year. Who cares? Get it out of here. Get it out. Get it out. There's a lot better sports. I like the NBA a lot better than baseball right now, which is a lot for me to say. So speaking of the NBA, let's move it. Steve, I know what I'm doing, okay? I'm a professional. I'm a good host. I know how to segue, okay? (laughs) Thanks for staying the obvious there. Anyway, the NBA, um, right now the Cavs are playing. They've They've been good this year, battling some injuries. They've had some a tough schedule, I think, over the last few games. That's fair to say. Giannis was questionable. It was his birthday the other day. I uh, could have taken the night off, but he didn't. Dropped 27 on the Cavs and uh, beat them. But they're playing the Bulls right now. They're up 15. It's it's uh, it's 69 to 54. Uh, nice. So they're they're up 15 in the halfway through the third. Um, just looking at the stat line real quick. I, I need to just say something real quick. So ever since Monday. My left ear has been clogged. I just unclogged it. Right now? So oh, This is so hey, off topic. Breaking news. That's a big moment for Steve. It is. So off topic, man. There is just this huge relief. I feel Jesus in my body. Let's keep talking about the NBA. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll keep it moving from there. Um, just quickly looking at the stat sheet of this game. We've got Levine with 17, Ball with 12. Uh, Vucevic with 14, and then for the Cavs, the main man, DG. We're going to talk about him in a second. He's been lighting it up. Uh, he's got 17 already. Um, he, we've got Mobley with 14, and then some guys uh, putting up some good good numbers. We're only going eight deep right now in this game. Uh, let's love. talk about the real. Let's talk about the real sheet that matters. The power rankings that came out two days ago, having the Cavs at seven. This That's is the crazy. first time I've seen the Cavs in the top 10 power rankings without LeBron James. Yeah. It's, it's rejuvenating 
Uh, speaking of LeBron, LeBron has been on an absolute tear his last 10 games. I think he's averaging around 20, 28, 29 points per game. Got a big win last night. But big, uh, no, I was, I, was, I was looking back at – I was watching our videos on our YouTube. Check out our YouTube. I know we don't have that many subscribers, but um, I was checking out our YouTube, watching the Andre Knott interview. And Steve said, um, Steve said, um, we were talking about Phoenix Suns basketball at the time when they were in the big run for the playoffs. And Steve said, oh, it's good to talk about some good basketball since we can't ever talk about it here in Cleveland. And it made me remind myself, man, that that was like last year. And I was like, dude, we were, we were like, I don't know what flipped the switch, but we were atrocious last year. And all of a sudden, you know, now we're in seventh in the power rankings. And against the Bulls, who are fourth in the power rankings. So yeah, they're they're number one in the East right now, right? It'll be a big win. It'll be a big win if they can pull it out tonight. Yep. So uh, as we speak, somebody hit a three. I don't know what happened, but we're now up seventy-two to fifty-four. Not like I said, uh, uh, nope, he has not entered the game uh, Good. thus far. So as a lot of the bench, this is. I mean, it's kind of interesting, right? Do the do the Cavs usually only go eight deep, depending on the night? So we got we got Love in there, Chetty. Who's done really well off the bench, and then Rubio, and obviously. Rubio, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then uh, with team... with Markin and, and Love healthy, Dean Wade doesn't really get PT. Yeah, that's yeah. That... Which is also very I'm very grateful for. <laughs> Sorry, Dean Wade lovers. Yeah, Windler not playing too much either. Valentine, uh, that's I mean that's good. And then Ed Davis, never seen him play. Sorry, I have, I have played, seen him play. Mark Stevens, I was watching the game the other day. Um, I can only watch when I'm at my girlfriend's house. So I was watching and Lamar Stevens was just uh, running around with the ball really. So Lamar Stevens is only good on defense. Um, the opposite of Dylan Windler. Dylan Windler is the worst <laughs> defender on the Cavs. Though he can shoot the pill. I'm not, I'm not going to lie on that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, speaking though. Yeah. You're going to talk about the man. Yeah. The man, Actually, the men. Actually the men. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, my question to you guys was, I mean, Allen, I'm looking at his stats right now. He's got five points, but 10 rebounds, big time rebounder, having a really good year. Still very young, as we know. Um, I guess I'll make it a two-part question. Is Darius Garland an all-star? I mean, my vote's yes. And also, is Jared Allen an all-star? And is Evan Mobley the clear-cut rookie of the year? That's three questions, man. Um, I'll mesh one and two together. Big journalism. I said, I'll mesh one and two together. I think one of them definitely deserves to be. Last year, I get the whole thing, even though Saxon's averaged 25 and he's still going to make the All-Star game, but we were like the bottom feeders of the Eastern Conference. This year, we're a playoff team at the moment. Eight seed, but still a playoff team. Um, and we still got a little ways to go until the All-Star break. If our team's anywhere above 500, which I 100% am sure of, they, or actually, I can't be 100%. 99% sure that they'll be above 500 come all-star break. Uh, one of the two should be should be an all-star. Um, your choice is you can pick. I, I do believe it's going to be Darius Garland. I think he'll be clear-cut scorer, scoring leader for our team. Um, yeah, and it's about time, man. And it, it's fitting, too. All-star game back – or not back, but all-star game in Cleveland this year. Um, you know, we get to see one of our one of our boys play at least. I hope. So yeah, Is there and uh, for that right now, probably, but they're probably like out the roof. Um, rookie rookie ladder. 
ESPN also came out with it earlier this morning. They had Mobley one, Barnes two. It's definitely, I think, between those two. Those two are the most efficient rookies I've seen in a long time. Um, I'm going to go Mobley for now just because the Raptors record isn't really showing. Like, it, like if we took Mobley off the team, we would not be eighth in the Eastern Conference. That's how much of a, you know, impact he makes on the floor. So, yeah, I think I think a yes to both your questions. Allen or Garland will be an all-star, and I think Mobley is clear-cut. Well, I think Mobley win, will win rookie of the year by the end of the year this year. And Steve? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know a lot about the rest of the Eastern Conference in terms of their production, but I can just tell you Darius Garland has been consistently putting up incredible numbers for as young as he is. Um, I love the fro. He just, he hustles. He's, he, he, he's really quick for a big man. Um, can jump out the gym, rebounds well, has a great putback game. Um, part of that, I think, is aided by the fact that they have so many quality bigs. Mobley's come on the season very well. Uh, I liked Laurie Markkinen, even though he might be going back to Finland to serve in the Finnish Army. I read a report about that after the regular season, which could be interesting. Um, but it hurt the Cavs because if they make the playoffs, they're going to be without one of their quality contributors. Um, and even Kevin Love, who, again, knock on wood, because it's still early in the season. He hasn't gotten hurt yet, but he has been qual- been doing pretty well. Best free throw shooter in the league right now. Um, Plus so, five attempts. I'm just saying that's something I read. So, but, you know, no, Darius Garland has been such a good a sight for sore eyes for Cavs fans. Someone other than other than LeBron James or Kyrie Irving really being a um, a quality, consistent young star in the making. And uh, I, I hope he gets the All Star nod. Hopefully, he keeps his up. Hopefully, he stays healthy as he gets closer to All Star break. But um, he should be on the team. Yeah, at least Darius. Jarrett, I don't know. Is he really good? Yeah. Is he an All Star? That's I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm glad you brought to my attention the thing about uh, Markkinen because, I mean, hey, I don't know who uh, Finland's fighting in wars these days. I don't think they are. But imagine if you're on whoever that country is and you see Laurie Markkinen in a uniform coming at you, that, that big man. By the way, also to, clear, uh, to answer a question earlier, you said you mentioned uh, tickets for the All-Star game. Yep. Cheapest one I found was $3,000. Let's see. All right, so uh, Around the Wire will not be attending. The, uh, <laughs> unless, unless any of the valued listeners want to contribute in like a GoFundMe for us to go, but uh, you'd have to raise about ten grand in order for us to be comfortable to go. So uh, we'll just probably say that's a no. Yeah, I think we can uh, close the book ten, on that one. Ten grand in two months. Maybe that we'll have a little work. watch make party. some work. Maybe we'll get together and watch the All-Star game, All-Star festivities. When's the All-Star oh, game? Boy. Or All-Star weekend? When's All-Star weekend? February? Mid-February? Let's, let's call it Valentine's Day. Right now it's December 8th. We have roughly three months. Two months, excuse me, two months. Eight weeks. $10,000 divided by eight weeks. I need twelve fifty a week. Divided by three is around 425 ish dollars 420 so hey 
420. Uh, it's sub- Sunday, February 20th is the fir- is the All-Star game. So there's an festiv- extra week. You get nine weeks. Fest- so festivities are Friday, Saturday of that. Friday skills challenge, bunch of BS. Saturday three-point contest, which is my favorite festivity. And then the lame dunk contest. Oh, also, speaking of the three-point contest, Chetty Osman should be in it. I heard, you know, it might, it, he, he might have a shot because, you know, you're in Cleveland. You know, they usually pick a home, like a, a hometown guy to participate in the three-point contest. Booby Gibson. Um, though if Chetty gets in, he's getting a mere 11 points in the first round. He's not that kind of shooter. He's not that kind of shooter. He's not that guy. Not that guy, Paul. He's not that guy. Not that guy. Well, I mean, you know who should be in it? Lonzo Ball shooting a little forty-two percent from the three. He should be, but Lonzo, Lonzo will have a better shot. But that's kind of like when Paul George. <laughs> it's kind of like when Paul George got in the three-point contest a couple years back, and scored like a whopping nine points. Um, he's just not that. You're just not that. Like it's a completely different atmosphere. If you're a good. In- game shooter, you know, me and Jack when it comes to three-point contest. And that's why guys like Steph Curry are absolutely insane to me. Well, I mean, along with Clay Thompson. I'd also like to just mention just about the Cavs in general. We're looking at a possibility. And this is still early in the year. But we're looking at the possibility of having two All-Stars. In a matter from a year where we only won, how many games did we win last year, Jack? Oh, boy, 20-something, 25, I think. 22, from winning 22 games, being bottom of the Eastern Conference. So this year, in one year, one offseason, having two All-Stars, the Rookie of the Year, the potential sixth man of the year in Ricky Rubio, and then, actually, I think he may not win it, but he should be up there for Coach of the Year with J.B. Bickerstaff. No, that's called – That's called – that's called player development one, which I always had trust in in Cleveland. Without Colin Sexton. That's called player development one, which I've always had trust in with Cleveland bas- basketball. Um, and two, that's just – I signed Kobe off. Um, a guy that I'm not, you know, a huge, huge fan of, though his moves in the offseason were puzzling. Um, he clearly had a plan coming into it. And for them able to produce – with the lack of offense with Colin Sexton out for the rest of the year is mesmerizing. Um, you're taking away a 25 point per game score and still winning games. And there's not many teams that can do that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it, it is impressive for sure. Uh, I'll give kudos to the team. Yeah. And then uh, they, they, they still need pieces. Like they still need another score at the two or three spot but it is the the foundation is there for long-term success so you gotta hit on uh actually i don't want to i don't want to jump to conclusions so keep going i don't know what your next topic was uh no that was pretty much it i was just gonna mention you mentioned uh paul george and uh speaking of paul george my fantasy basketball team called way off p it's got a picture of paul george bricking a shot uh we're five and one we're the boys are hitting on all cylinders I forget. I, I forget about that league. I'm not gonna lie. I beat you. So, um, no. Last last thing I want to hit on real quick, and then we can wrap it up. Um, my boy, actually not my boy, but he's back in the headlines. Big old Ben Simmons. 
and Damian Lillard. Lillard wants Simmons in Portland. Um, that will be – I have mixed emotions about that. And, you know, what, if, it, if it's a done deal, we'll get deeper into it. Um, Portland has the worst defensive backcourt probably in NBA history. And uh, adding a guy like Ben Simmons, an all-defensive type player, would be great. Though CJ McCollum just got <clears throat> put on um, the IR for a right collapsed lung. So I feel like McCollum had a plan too. Like, oh, you want to trade me? It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, but, you know, Simmons and – I mean, Portland – Two weeks ago, fired Neil O'Shea, their, their general manager or president of basketball operations. Um, they're clearly in a in a move to re, uh, restructure the team, and they should be. McCollum and Lillard don't work. Um, that would be interesting. And then Indiana Pacers, though in the irrelevant team, are deciding to go full rebuild mode and have Miles Turner, Levert, and Demontis Sabonis all on the trade block. Um, that could shift around a whole bunch of things um, if the right teams pick up those players because those are key pieces for a playoff team. Uh, maybe the Cavs will go out and grab another seven-footer. Yeah, I was going to oh, ask Another guys... white seven-footer. Yeah. Now, Harris Levert, on the other hand, yes, would be a nice yeah. little fit. I don't know uh, if we have the pieces. Uh, Rubio might be a guy that would have to be shipped out. Um, I'd rather no, not. No. Well, other than that, we don't – Cleveland does not have the pieces for Karis LeVert hey, with Sexton. Kevin Love's not going to happen. Colin Sexton. That's what I've heard. Honestly, let's see. The, I'm, I'm willing to wait a little bit more. And then maybe if we don't get Karis LeVert, even though I like him, it'll be all right. Not the end of the world. Um, if they keep this kind of play up, or not to, especially when he's coming close to a, co- a contract year extension, it's hard to not say, you know what, Darius Garland might be our franchise with Jared Allen. We just build around those guys and we sign those Markinen and Rubio, maybe if they want to stay to a couple veteran deals for a couple of seasons and see what we can do. But, you know, because Colin Sexton, while he can score, he's also inefficient. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you guys about the the Dame and the, the Simmons stuff, but I don't really Great care. for Lillard. So. Good Darius no, Garland, Damian Lillard in the back. I'm good on that. I mean, Simmons, yeah, Simmons is an incredible player because uh, he was the first non rookie to win the rookie of the year award. That's incredible. So, shut up, bro. <laughs> yeah, let's let's Actually, let's bring let's bring two undersized guards to play against an Eastern Conference that is loaded with guard talent, so we can get creamed every night. Hey, CJ McCollum is from Cleveland. Just saying. Doesn't mean he's gonna play better when he's here. <laughs> he's a Browns doesn't, fan. Doesn't though. mean we want you. Jake Paul's from Cleveland. Like he can get out of town. The Browns from Cleveland, but likes Dallas Cowboys. He likes whatever's hot. Sorry. And LA LeBron, Rams because boy Dallas and LeBron is my favorite player ever, but he's on a, a L streak in real life stuff. So are you oh, not in basketball, right? No, 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 not in basketball. I'm saying like him, say it, bro. him speaking on anything besides basketball has what about, no idea what he's talking you know, about. Uh, Wait, who's, Justin, who else? Are you saying he should shut up and dribble? No. Nope. How dare you? I'm also saying uh, Michael Jordan's not a good owner. Who, who I, I thought you liked LaMelo in the, in the Hornets. 
I like Lamelo. What about uh? What about drafted him? What, what are your uh, thoughts GM. on um? What are your thoughts on um? Enos Freedom. I mean, that's a hell of a name. I wish my last name was Freedom. They were jawing last night. Yeah, um, what he's sticking up for. And Enos Freedom was not looking LeBron in the eyes at all, as LeBron was talking to Enos Freedom. I just like saying his full name now. I'm gonna start saying his full name. Cancer Freedom. Cool. No, it's Enos Freedom. <laughs> Whose side am I on? I'm not going political with this. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we're not doing that because I had another thing, but we can save that for next time. I'm, I don't really want to get into it right now. We've already gone a, a good amount over. So uh, should I preview what it is? I mean, you're going to be hosting next time. Should I, should I tell you? or? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put I'll put it this way. Um, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm assuming. I, thank you. You just did, but thank you for saying. <laughs> um, I, I suppose next time we'll probably talk about this, but the new, uh, the Toronto, the COVID situation in in Canada, where uh, now you have to be vaccinated to play there, and basically it's. Again, I don't want to get too into it, but my takeaway thus far is. Uh, we're going to figure out who's vaccinated and who's not just by them going to Toronto and then, oh, they're not playing this game means they're not vaccinated. So. Okay. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Can't wait. And then uh, besides that, I'm all, I'm all out of things. If you guys have any shout outs. You always um, know I'm good for a shout out. Shout out, Steve. Steve, I hope you feel better, man. You know, I will say, I as we've kind of gone through the show, I think my voice is starting to got you know loosened up a little bit, and it felt better as we went. That's why I interrupted Justin so much. Um, yeah, I think you're fine. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, let's just remind the public who listens to this show that even though COVID is new, there are still other diseases. Uh, it is responsible to get yourself tested nowadays uh, to protect yourself and your family and whoever you come in contact with. Um, but there are things called the flu and the common cold. Uh, and thankfully I tested negative for COVID and I believe I have either, I, I think it's just a cold. I think I was just over-exaggerating uh, past couple of days. Um, thankful, actually, knock on wood, this is the first cold I've had since before the pandemic um, because of masks and whatnot. So I guess masks do work because when you wear them indoors and when we didn't have a vaccine, they worked. And I'm thankful for that. Now that we have vaccines, Unless you're unvaccinated and inside, or well, you know, inside right now, but you get the point. Get that shit off your face, right? It's your choice. My body, my choice. Um, so uh, get vaccinated uh, if you feel it's right for your health. If not, that's your right as an American. Um, go calves. So happy to watch them. Shout out the calves and uh, shout out uh, Justin. I'm going to commend him for a great job today, filling in some shoes today, um, giving me a break, did a great job, led us through some great conversations. And uh, I think I should maybe loosen up on how many times I am the head guy. Cause I think we have a pair of, I have a pair of co-hosts who do just as good of a job. So commend to Justin. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for letting me steer the ship for a day, if you will. Uh, I mean, for me, I'll just say, a shout out. This is what I'll be watching uh, somewhat this weekend. 
along with uh, the Army Navy game. Didn't hit on that, but go Army, beat Navy. There's some go sick Army. uniforms. There's some sick uniforms in that game. Um, but I'll be watching Sunday morning at eight o'clock is the last race. I know you guys aren't into this at all. The Formula One last race of the season is a it's a championship duel between Lewis Hamilton, who's won seven championships, and Max Verstappen, uh, who's a newer driver, and they are tied on points, which is I don't think it's ever happened before going into the last race because there's 20 races, and that's just – it's improbable. So whoever finishes higher in this race will win, which is – I think it will be a crazy fun race to watch. And it's at 8 a.m. because I'm in Abu Dhabi in the Middle East. So under the lights, it'll be, it'll be fun. I, I can't wait for that. Chad, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, with that, I'll uh, wrap this up here. We got we got nothing else to talk about. Uh, like Steve said, get vaccinated uh, if you if you want to. If you feel that's the right thing to do, go for it. We are make make that decision. Um, get a job, please. I mean, this is not a if you want to type thing. Just go get a job, please. I mean. I want my Christmas gifts to get here on time. Uh, it's only right for the people that if, you, them. if, if people haven't bought them yet, you might want to start buying them because yeah, they you're, you're cutting it close. If you haven't bought them yet, you are be prepared to be the worst aunt, uncle, mom, dad, whatever this season, because uh, you missed the boat. And uh, speaking of boats, your presence probably on a boat coming from China right now. So uh, yeah. <laughs> with that, I think that's everything I want to hit on. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks everybody for listening. You can catch us on Spotify, and I don't know all the other ones. Apple Podcasts, Google you. Play Spotify, Store, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and other relevant podcast platforms. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, go Browns! Yeah, it's gonna win. Come on! All right, wrap us up. Send us out, Justin. That, that's it. <laughs> I okay. just did. All right. All right. Bye.